Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Welcome to episode four of the Bagels and Locks podcast with Davey Bagels. My name is Chase Medorsky. Good to be back in the great state of New York after being in California for 10 days. Like I said, as progressive as the state of California is, betting is not legal. So having to use offshore books and or not bet at all for a weekend was a big old pain in the ass. But this weekend, we are going to come back with vengeance. Um, had a slightly above 500 week. 2-2, first tie of the year for me. First, uh, I guess first push of the year for his period. Um, but it's nice to be back in an area where I can bet freely and lose money. Hindsight 2020, though, being in California may have saved me quite a bit of dollars last week. Classic Chase, making everything about your vacation. We have dozens of listeners, and not all of them are so concerned with your with your bachelor party exploits. They They want to know your picks so they can fade them. Yeah, there, that wasn't really so much about the exploits. That was literally just me declaring, I'm glad to be back in a state where I was gambling, where gambling is legal. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're glad to be two and two. I think I think you'll take a, a 500 record all day long. I have better aspirations. Unfortunately, I was two and three this week, which brings Oh, wait, 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 wait. What's that? You're talking shit as the two-time loser, and I'm in first now? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's your record? Now I am five, four, and one. Five, four, and one. Okay, and I'm five and five. So mm-hmm. I, I, I really, I don't think you're in a position to be talking shit here. Hey, I'm, proud ties, I'm proud of the us. ties. The ties how the Giants got into the playoffs last year. <laughs> That's a good point. Don't underestimate a tie. But for two guys who are like, it's been bad the past couple of years. I think we should be proud of ourselves for being for being even. If you faded us, guess what? You didn't make any money and neither did we. The books made all the money. You just wasted 45 minutes of your time every week listening to this to have it be a wash. So congratulations. We're the real winners. <laughs> but you got another chance this week because we got five more picks coming at you each. Yeah. So first to recap last week. Um, my lock of the week did not hit Packers minus one and a half versus the Falcons. Falcons won that game by a point. Packers are up 10 late. The Joe Savage defense struck yet again. Saints minus three versus the Panthers. This Monday night was probably the worst cumulative five hours of football I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, it was so bad. It wasn't, it wasn't even fun. No, the fact, well, and then you factor in Nick Chubb shattering his knee, maybe forever on top of it, which made it even worse. The fact that that is the two, those are the two games that, the league chose because even on paper, neither is a particularly, I mean, I guess Steelers Browns is, but like Saints Panthers coming into the year, wasn't a particularly good matchup to begin with. I'm not sure how that ended up on Monday night and to have those games back to back, just brutal. Needless to say it was a push. Uh, Dolphins minus three versus the Pats was a win. And then college, um, the over 50 and a half ASU Fresno state ASU held up or Fresno state held up there under the bargain. Um, unfortunately, Jalen Rashad, the quarterback for ASU was ruled out, uh, Friday after we recorded and they got shut out. Score was 29, nothing. Um, but my college lock of the week, 
I said the biggest no-brainer probably should have just been my log of the week in general. UW minus 16 and a half versus MSU. Mel Tucker's officially gone, and I'm pretty sure Phoenix had 350 yards and four TDs by the half. Phoenix is good, man. No, UW's legit. They are legit. They like I, I'll hold some analysis for my picks because I have some Pac-12, but I, I, I do think most of these Pac-12 teams that are ranked are genuinely good, and it's not just a byproduct of early in the season. I, I think there's some degree of that, but at least offensively, all of these teams are awesome. It's, it's just a fun conference, um, and I, I think we'll get into it in a little bit. I'm, I have a feeling that you're going to bet this UCLA game, which is going to be like one of the – one of the five best games that we've seen all year, but maybe not even one of the three best games on this weekend. It's going to be such a fun weekend for college. Football. You could make an argument. It's the third or fourth best Pac-12 game this weekend. Yeah, there's exactly. Four ranked, there's four ranked Pac-12 matchups this week, I believe. Right, the Oregon State game. Oregon State, um, Mizzou, Colorado, Oregon. Right, Colorado, then, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a sick weekend. Um, last weekend was not really a fun college football weekend. Um, I, as everybody knows, I've been riding Colorado, and that came crashing down. Um, but they got the dub, so shout out Coach Prime. Um, I was on Tennessee minus six and a half, and that one didn't didn't look so good. I actually didn't watch any of that game. Um, so you think you were in gambling hell last weekend? Let me let me tell you about. The dilemma that I was facing. So, oh well, you were celebrating Rosh Hashanah with our families for the two of us. No, 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 it, it was worse. So, Friday night awesome. I celebrated Rosh Hashanah with with my my nice Jewish family as well as Chase's nice Jewish family and my nice Jewish my nice Catholic grandmother. Um, the next day, I have to celebrate with my girlfriend's family who are super super Orthodox. So she comes to me and she says, "Wait, question. Her immediate family? Her aunt. This is her dad's mom." Okay, so let me tell the story. I've met her like family and siblings briefly, and in a good way, they did not give off orthodox vibes. No, no, no. It, it's it's just her. It's just her her um, one little her dad's sister, who, by the way, is amazing. Like they're really awesome people. I love hanging out with them. But it was a little bit of a football dilemma. So. My girlfriend, Annie, comes to me and says, Dave, Davey Bagels, here's the choice that you have. You can either come to the lunch Saturday and then the dinner and be home by 1 o'clock football Sunday, but during all day Saturday, you have to leave your phone in your bag. You can't watch any football. You can't check any football because they're not allowed to use technology on Saturdays. Or you can watch football all day in New York at a bar Saturday, go out there for dinner Saturday night, and then stay Sunday. Use your phone to check scores in the NFL, but you can't actually watch the games. Which would you have done, Chase? I would have tried to play sick. I think that's where I'm. I'm drinking eye gla- I'm drinking eye drops or something like in Wedding Crashers, and I'm puking my brains out to get out of it. It it was a very nice time. I I I had nice Jewish food. I enjoyed the tradition, but it was definitely football hell. I would have missed the college games because I think and, the college slate was meh. And that's what I did. The college slate was meh, so I didn't see any of the Tennessee game. 
I did see the Colorado game because it was like two in the morning and uh, I, was, I was able to sneak into my bedroom and get my phone. The TLDR, um, the TLDR on the Tennessee game is Joe Milton played like he played in Michigan where you could throw a football over the mountain, but if you don't throw it to your receivers, doesn't mean a whole lot. Got it. That's what we were always afraid of with, uh, with Bazooka Joe. How did, how did, how did our boy Mertz look? I didn't really watch. I, I just watched a lot of highlights. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was, I, guess a, I, was, I was not to make it about the trip. I was at a wedding Saturday. So I, I had to drive four hours to get to the wedding and then went to the wedding and our hotel in between didn't have internet cable or TV. So I also was fairly checked out of college football all day. We're really living up to our, our nice Jewish boy reputation here. We, we've, we've been podcasting for eight minutes and 20 seconds and we've done nothing but complain. Here's what I will say. Um, I'm so dedicated to watching college football this Saturday that it's Aaron Judge bobblehead day, and I'm selling the tickets to just watch college football. Slash, wow. slash. I just don't think I can spend three hours at the stadium Saturday. I went yesterday. I'm going tomorrow. Even I have a certain threshold of self hate that's hard for me to cross. And the Yankees basically have me at that point. Yes, I can't believe you're still going to these games. I can't get rid of them. And it's honestly, it's like, if I have them, I might as well go yesterday. It was like, I went cause I haven't gone in a couple of weeks and then tomorrow Garrett's pitching, which is the only reason I'd go. So. Um, all right. Back to football. Um, the two picks that I won was Rams plus seven and a half shout out Sean McVay. I had written that one off completely when he kicked that field goal. I was going fucking crazy. That was awesome. Shout out Sean McVay for knowing the knowing the line and uh, being being for the betters. Um, yeah, he, he hooked it up, and then like played dumb up. when they talked to him about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's exactly what he should do. You know, I kind of get it when the college guys do it; they're like appeasing the boosters who throw big money on these games. McVay just did it because he's just he, he's for the boys. So that was awesome. Um, I had Dolphins minus three, which was a hit. They they beat the Pats by seven. Um, and then I had the Jets plus nine and a half. I was talking juice. I was talking money line. And they got absolutely smacked. It turns out Zach Wilson might not be very good. Who would have thought? So I'm going to have to rethink my Jets betting strategy. But, uh, but yeah, that was two and three. All right. Um, Starting the college ranks. Yeah, let's start in a really exciting college uh, college slate. My lock of the week, my lock of the week period is a college game, and it's such a hilarious game to pick. Okay, uh, but you can't do that. You got to do that. We'll do that. No, I, I know, I know. I'm teasing the audience. Okay. Um, building the suspense. There's so many good games. I have a bunch bolded. I. Uh, all right, I got to pick one Pac-12 game. Might as well make it my boys. I'm gonna go UCLA plus four and a half versus Utah. Um, the UCLA offense has looked very strong the first couple weeks of the season. Beat Utah last year. Cam Rising, the Utah quarterback, still isn't playing. I think this is going to be a close game. Utah obviously is the better win of the two with Florida, but you know, UCLA again, I'm not saying Coastal Carolina and San Diego State are great teams, but they're solid group of five teams, and UCLA took care of business against them last week against NC Central. I, I honestly think they won like 69 nothing. Like after the first quarter, it was 35 nothing. I just started laughing. So I don't know. This is a homer pick for sure, but um, I got good vibes around Dante Moore and the Bruins right now. So I think they're going to win this game outright, but at a minimum, what I think it's going to be a close game, I'll go plus four and a half. It's going to be a fun game. 
I, I don't I don't know enough about UCLA to have a real view, but it feels like these ranked Pac-12 games, anything can happen. What what time is this? Is this a day game? This is a 3.30 Eastern kick. I will be at uh, – let me get the name of the bar for you right now. Uh, me and the UCLA crew, for anyone who's going to be in New York City, uh, we, we will be watching at the Terminal on 29th and Park, right next to the 6th train. Oh, I've been there. That, that used to be a, a Wake Forest bar. Good spot. If anyone wants, if anyone wants to see me tweak out for three hours watching my team play, um, yeah, that's where I will be. I don't know that I've ever seen you tweak out. What does that look like? Um, I basically just get really quiet and put my hands in my head and usually start to break. I usually start to break stuff at one point or another. <laughs> that sounds a little more fun. When that happens, text me. Yeah. The the most notorious tweak I've had was I like found like two pairs of glasses outside a bar when uh Aroldis Chapman gave up a walk-off home run to Jose Altuve and just like basically smashed them on this woman's feet and kind of had to just walk away because she was not happy with me. Mm. That could be worse. If that's your worst drunken, angry football story, you're, you're, you're not doing so bad. Yeah. I um, also, the over, the over, over in this game is 52 and a half. That's a pretty decent number, I think, because there's going to be a lot of points here. Yeah. It doesn't feel as high as I would expect, honestly. Um, all right. My first game, I'm, the, the first two weeks, I've taken Colorado plus big numbers. Well, actually, last week they were they were minus a lot, but I've taken Colorado, um, and I'm doing it again this week. So I'm taking them plus twenty one at Oregon, right? I think this is at Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Um, like this just feels like a lot of points for a team, even without Travis Hunter, and I don't I don't think he's gonna play. No, uh, he's he's had a couple weeks. I mean, he's he, a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I like it, it. It just feels like a few too many points for me. Three scores. These guys can put points up. Um, the other Sanders kid had like two picks last game. You know, the defense didn't look great, but um, I don't know. This just felt like a lot of points. Oregon's looked very good. I I I know, but I don't know. You're the Pac-12 guy. Way in here. Um, I mean, look, even without Travis Hunter, Dion's kid, a quarterback showed that he could carry a team last week. I, I think Oregon's going to win this game because I do think the injury to Travis Hunter is going to, is going to be very tough for Colorado to overcome. Not so much on offense, but defensively. I mean, he's one of the top defensive backs in the nation early and it's far and away their best cornerback. I think Oregon wins, but 21 points is a lot. Um, I, I do like, many, right? Yeah. I like Colorado to cover here. You, you, do you you give Dion and that team who are going to have the perpetual chip on their shoulder a three touchdown head start? I could see Oregon winning this by like fourteen to seventeen at the most. I think Colorado hangs around. The only thing that bothers me about continuing to bet on Colorado is like every amateur idiot better like me, and like everybody listening to this show is following Colorado and Dion way closer than they're following the rest of the Pac twelve. All of the stupid money has to be on them. In theory, that should be pushing these spreads down to, to places where there's no, not value there anymore. And I, it, like here, it's just I, it doesn't make sense that it's all the way at plus 21 still. I'm, I'm a firm believer of ride the wave until it pops. I'm riding. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a good play. 
Um, I'm going to go to the ACC next. Another huge marquee game. I'm going to go FSU minus two and a half versus Clemson. I think FSU had their big scare of the ACC slate last week. Boston College came back. It ended up being a one-point game, 29-28. I think Mike Norvell is going to have those guys ready to play. I just think at the end of the day, and again, maybe part of it is also maybe this Duke team is just better than we all thought coming into the year. You know, more on Duke to come for me, but I just think this Clemson team isn't that talented at the end of the day. I think FSU is a good offensive team. I think last week they kind of learned, look, we have as much talent as any team on the East Coast, but our foot on the gas. Um, I like them to win this game by touchdown. I may sell some points. Is it a potential? I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is a classic rat line, like, you know, post-hype FSU loses game, but I don't know. I'm a believer in Jordan Travis in this offense, Jared Verse, All-American on defense, and I just fucking hate Dabo. I love rooting against Dabo. So FSU minus two and a half. I'm on the other side of this game. So this is, this is I think this is our first head-to-head game of, uh, of the Bagels and Locks season three. So I've been a hater of Florida State all, all year. I've obviously been pretty wrong so far, although they looked terrible last week. They they only won by one point. In reality, it was only a, a it, it wasn't that close. Um, BC scored a, a couple late. Um, one of them was like a like a scoop and score fumble. Um, but no, but great teams put those teams away. BC is bad. They're they're no. real real bad. Like, the, the, I mean, they may not win five games all year. So I was agreeing. I was agreeing. I was agreeing. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. So, I, like, for that game to be that close, it it shows me that Florida State's a little bit fraudy. You know, I I think everybody's remembering that LSU game that we all watched and how fast they looked. But I've been saying it all year, and I'm going to keep hammering it. They're a little bit fraudulent. And if you had told me three weeks ago that Clemson was going to be giving points at home to Florida State, who hasn't looked like a like a good program in a decade, I, I would hammer Clemson at in Death Valley. So that's what I'm going to do. Clemson's offense has looked much better. Klubnik's starting to figure it out. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they're hard to beat there. They're giving points to a, a Florida State team that's already starting to show some cracks. Clemson's the top dog in the ACC. It's been a rough start for them, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think they lose this game. Yeah, my only thing is, it's like as bad as BC is. The two teams Clemson beat were Georgia Southern and, or not, excuse me, not Georgia Southern. Georgia, uh, I just had the schedule up. They beat, they beat FAU last week, and I. Yeah, they beat and, FAU and Charleston Southern. BC at a minimum is better than Charleston Southern, maybe better than FAU. I'd have to do a deep dive on that roster. Look, I, I think it's a toss-up game. I, if Clemson wins, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a classic letdown game for FSU, but classic just, FSU letdown game. I'm just I'm a believer in Mike Norvell and the Knowles this year. And as I said, fuck Dabo. Karma's coming to get him after all these years. Now we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm also you you you're a Dabo hater. I'm a Florida State hater for the way they're trying to tear the ACC apart. Clemson's also also doing the same thing, but Florida state's been, they've been bigger assholes about it. So our biases are showing here and uh, this will be a fun one to, to brag about next week, one way or another. 
Did you want to do the big game preview before we move on to any uh, weekly segments or NFL picks? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk big game preview. So the big game. This is our first big game preview of of bagels and locks. So what we're gonna do here is it felt a little weird in in past years where there's been a big a big NFL game, um, you know, like a like a high profile night game, or there's been a big college football game, you know, a couple of top ten ranked teams, and sometimes we don't talk about it because these games can be hard to bet. So everybody's going to be watching Ohio State, Notre Dame. Everybody's going to want to bet this game. So we just wanted to make sure we hit it. We want to, we want to give you how we're betting it, all of the different angles. Um, so I'm going to let Chase break it down, and then we'll talk, uh, we'll talk how to bet it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I admittedly don't have a ton of breakdown. I haven't watched either of these teams that much. All that said, I mean, look, the X Factor for Notre Dame, the quarterback play – even when they got to the playoffs, Ian Book was a above-average game manager there, but was never that guy. I know it pains you to hear me say this, Dave, but in getting Sam Harmon, they went out and got that guy. He's a guy who's played in the big games, knows how to command an offense, is a sixth-year senior, a leader out there. Uh, in my opinion, the best Notre Dame quarterback we've seen since Brady Quinn. So, you know, we're, we're talking 15, 16 years at this point. The offense looks really good. You know, Marcus Freeman is familiar with the Ohio State program. He played there, started as an assistant there before he went to coach with Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Um, so a lot of familiarity with the program there. The X factor for me this game, and it's why I'm a little wavering on this game. You know, Ohio State, Kyle McCord took over for C.J. Stroud, finally got his shot. First two weeks look a little shaky. Last week against Western Kentucky, dominated 19 of 23, 318 yards, uh, three touchdowns. They won that game 63-10, which you might hear Western Kentucky and say, well, Chase, who gives a shit? Well, this is why you should give a shit. Um, Jim Knowles, the Ohio State defensive coordinator, two years ago won the Broyles Award as a top assistant coach in the country from Oklahoma State. Came in, they hired him last year after Ryan Day and Ohio State lost to Michigan two years ago. Obviously, they lost again this year or this past year. Um, but the fact that they only held Western Kentucky to 10 points is very relevant for one reason. Over the last two years, this is the number one passing offense in all of Division I football. So, yes, it's the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, but Bailey Zappi came out of this program, so an NFL quarterback who started games as a rookie. The passing program's dominant. They held them to 10 points. Obviously, Ohio State's more talented, but there is something significant there. The game is in South Bend. I read a good article on The Athletic today. They're making every conscious effort to limit the amount of red apparel that comes into the stadium. Um, so even the administration's getting involved and in trying to pump the Irish up for this game. Uh, it's number six versus nine matchup. Nice. That's cool for whatever it's worth. Um, but overall, I think the X factor is going to be Sam Hartman versus the Ohio State defense. I, I think it's going to be a really close game one way or the other. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Candidly, um, I think Ohio State is going to end up pulling out the win here, but I would take Notre Dame plus three and a half versus the points in a game that I think is very much a toss up because I think both teams are very talented and can make the playoff. Um, in that situation, I take the points. So Irish at home plus three and a half, four, or whatever the spread is. All right. Let me, let me, let me give you the listeners a little bit of insight they're not going to get from anybody else. From a guy who watched every Sam Hartman start for the last three years. Sam Hartman does not show up for the big game. 
I would say two out of every three big games, he totally fucked it up. The Wisconsin Bowl game, the Duke game last year, two Clemson games in a row before he played well. I mean, the Clemson game last year was the only time in Hartman's three years of starting where one of which, by the way, he was benched for a dude that's playing receiver on the Broncos right now. I can only remember one time where he showed up in a big game. Now you're going to put him up against an Ohio State pass defense that might be the best in the whole country. Two NFL corners, two NFL defensive ends. They're going to eat him fucking alive. I'm telling you the interceptions are going to roll in from Hartman. I love the guy. I wish him nothing but the best. He was awesome for our program, but this is what he does. He beats the shit out of the shitty programs. He looks great. He he throws a, a nice, pretty deep ball. He moves well in the pocket. He throws on the run. He looks like an NFL quarterback until you put him up against the big guys in the big game, and then he throws picks. He makes mistakes. He does stupid shit. So you're taking Buckeyes minus three and a half. So here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to take the under because I don't I don't know that I really buy into the McCord story either. And I don't know that they put up a ton of points in this game. I'm going to take the first half under because I think both teams come out slow. And then I'm going to take the full game under. And I'm going to parlay those two with Ohio State minus three. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to use the the FanDuel promo on this, which is like a 30% same game profit boost on this game. Um, and I just put this bet in. I think it was like 10 to win 60. So I think that's the way to bet it. I think both quarterbacks are not going to play well in a game that should be super defensive. And I think ultimately Hartman makes a few more mistakes. He doesn't show up for the big game again in his first big game at Notre Dame. And uh, Ohio State wins this, something like 17-10. So while we were talking and I was going through all the picks in my head, I just concocted a four-team college football parlay that uh, I can't believe actually how much I like. All right, hit us. So this is the Midorsky slash Siegel family parlay. We will be taking the spreads on the school I went to, the school my brother went to, with both of which we've mentioned, the school my mom went to, and the school my aunt went to. My dad went to University of Tampa, not a Division One school. So I'm working at Wisconsin. I kind of love it, though. So UCLA plus four and a half we mentioned. OSU minus three and a half. You sold me. I'll bet on it. I'm going to be drunk at a bar with a bunch of Ohio State kids, so might as well ride the Buckeyes. Wisconsin minus five and a half versus Purdue, which I don't like, but don't love, but whatever. And a bet that I love, Maryland minus seven and a half versus Michigan State. Fade Michigan State the rest of the way. They're done. And Maryland's three and oh, and baby two is playing well. You know – you got me. You got me thinking about this. You got me. I'm about to start talking Maryland football, and I, I really don't like the way that you just. Hi- we're talking about the big game here, and you just hijacked this whole fucking conversation. And now we're talking about Wisconsin, Purdue, and and Taulia Tagalavoa. You know, I don't. I don't appreciate what you did. I want to go you back. Really to the big you just said say the parlay. Yeah, but I, you derailed the whole conversation. It's over now. The moment's over. It's plus twelve seventy eight. It's a great parlay if you want to watch Maryland and Wisconsin during the best college football slate of the year so far. Oh, I won't be watching them. I'll just bet on them. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So I think we're both on Ohio State now. 
Um, I'm on the under. I don't know if you're buying into that, but um, I look. I hope I'm wrong. I I hope Sam plays well in a in a game where the whole country is going to be watching. It's definitely going to be the most watched game of the year so far. Um, Here's I, I got believe. one piece of analysis actually. Yeah, yeah. Your Sam Hartman disdain just aside, which is educated and understood. Not uh, disdain. I just don't believe in him, but I really do love the guy. One thing I will say is this game last year where I think the talent gap was much bigger. Remember, Ohio State had C.J. Stroud last year, went two in the draft, and was a dominant college quarterback. Notre Dame had Tyler Buckner, who couldn't lead Bama. Alabama passed USF this past week. And Notre Dame only lost by seven. Doesn't mean a whole lot, but I think it means something. I don't think it means anything. It's different teams. It's all good. Um, all right, NFL, you want to do your first pick? Dude, I, the slate is weird. Weird, I agree. I, I was not seeing this board, and then all of a sudden I started seeing it, and I picked 10 games. But we'll Yeah, get I have a bunch of games written down, but I don't really like any of them. You want me like, to go first? Like Titans, plus, like Titans plus three versus the Browns, I liked a lot more before they signed Kareem Hunt today. Oh, they signed Kareem Hunt? Hell yeah. Nice. So I'll I'll go first. I got a big spread for one of these. I'm going to go Seahawks minus six versus the Panthers. Um, Yes, sir. I'm on that one too. Let's go. Double uh, bagel. The Panthers offense is just inept. Uh, Like I love Bryce Young and I think he was the right choice of one. But, and again, Monday morning quarterback, this overreaction, it's two weeks in. You just look at Stroud and Stroud looks like that guy who could, Stand in the pocket, make the big throw, take a hit, do what he's got to do. And Bryce Young, I mean, he engineered a touchdown drive late against the Saints. It's the first touchdown they've given up that the whole season, actually. But he just looks every bit of 5'10 right now. And I know part of that is the O-line's meh. His skill players are also kind of meh. But between that and the fact that um, Seahawks' big win against the Lions, offense was humming. Um, but for me, this ultimately comes down to I love the Seahawks' offense. And the Panthers are now down J.C. Horn, their top cornerback, um, who was out indefinitely with hamstring surgery. And Shaq Leonard also got surgery. This Shaq Leonard or Shaq Barrett? Shaq Barrett. Shaq Leonard. Yeah, Shaq Barrett is out for the year. He's their middle linebacker, the heart and soul of that team. I just think the Seahawks offense is going to put up big points against his defense, and I'd like them to cover minus six. First of all, I agree with you. But second, and aside – I don't appreciate the way you're talking about our short king, Bryce Young. Neither of us are cracking six feet here. The guy's got no offensive line. You're right. He's got no receivers. Stroud's got 10 times the weapons and the talent around him that Bryce Young does. The guy's two games in, and I don't like the way you're talking about him. But I agree. He hasn't looked great. This offensive line is bad. The skill position players are really, really bad. Sanders looks bad. Um, And this is the Seahawks at home. And they're they're not even giving a full a, a full touchdown. They looked good last week. Geno looked really good, especially in the second half, taking them down the field to win that game. Um, this just didn't feel like enough points against the, the Panthers. Are probably the worst team in the league, so I, I'm on this one too. This is a double bagel. Fade at your own risk. This feels like a week. Looking at a lot of the lines I've written down, this feels like a good week for my first teaser of the season. Because there's, there's a lot of lines that, like, I'm almost there to liking. But if I, like, went four points in any direction, I'm like, oh, I like that a lot. 
give, give us give us some give us some examples. Talk through your teaser. Like Jets plus two and a half versus the Pats. If you made that like a four point teaser plus six and a half, I just don't think the Pats offense is that good. Um, and I think hopefully Salah gets his head out of his ass and gives Brees Hall the ball this week. So like I like that. Um, I like over 43 and a half in the Jags Texans game period. But if you get that to 39 and a half, I really like that. You've been a big advocate of this team Rams plus two and a half. I like teased up to plus six and a half. Um, just cause Joe Burrow is so clearly not healthy. Um, saints plus two, you tease that up to plus six saints. D looks legit. And Aaron Jones is still a little iffy. Um, I think the Packers win, but I like that. And then my second pick is going to be another big spread. As a teaser, I love it, though. Um, but the actual spread is I'm going Dolphins minus six and a half versus the Broncos. I The Broncos the Broncos should not have come close to covering last week against the um, Commanders. Yeah, that was yeah. wild. It ended up being a two-point win for the Commanders. But it was a Hail Mary where it rushed through it like six yards short of the end zone. Tip play, touchdown. Um, but if you take that, I, candidly, I mean, again, if you lost, you lost, and it sucks. But a fluke touchdown in my end, my mind, it makes it an eight-point game, and the Commanders would have covered. You know who I think is mu- or much, much better than the Commanders, despite them having the same record? The Miami Dolphins. Um, this, to me, comes down to, and I'm the first to admit, a lot of this, because as much as I love Bill Simmons, he's been banging this drum for a couple weeks now. I, I just think Russ is done. He looks um, done. He I, looks cooked. He looks cooked. He just can't move out of the pocket. You know, he always threw a good deep ball, but so much of that deep ball was the ability to throw on the run, and he just doesn't do that anymore. Um, Simmons thinks, and I agree, you were like a couple weeks away potentially from Jared Stidham because you don't pay oh, him. Oh, come on. You don't pay Stidham $6 million a year to not play as his backup quarterback. Yeah, but they pay Russ like – $40 million a year. I don't think Sean Payton cares. I think if they start 0-3, Payton didn't go there to lose. All that said, um, the Dolphins, 24-17 last week, win against the Patriots. Um, a, they covered, which was great. And B, they covered against a Belichick defense, and you never know what you're going to get with a Belichick defense. Um, I think Vic Fangio has some mind games going into this because Sean Payton wanted him to be part of his dream staff as the D.C., and he spurned him from the Dolphins. So edge to Fangio there. Um, but ultimately, uh, this Broncos D, yeah, they have Sertain. Um, I, I just think this is where talent wins out. And Dolphins minus six and a half versus the Broncos. Um, and if you want a prop, I like a Xavier Howard pick against Russ. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you convinced me. I, I was always on this game. I'm trying to decide if I want to put this on my card officially. I don't think I do because I don't want to overlap with you this much. But I took the Dolphins in week one. I hit. I took the Dolphins in week two. I hit again. This offense is explosive. It's going to keep being explosive as long as two is on the field. You're even dead better. right about Russ being cooked. And um, and then, they, I mean, they really lost last week. They, I mean, they were down two touchdowns, I feel like, for most of the game. It was really an ass-kicking until the end. The score doesn't tell the whole story. So you're you're right here. I'm not going to add it to my card, but uh, you're right. I'm I'm definitely going to bet it. It's in the parlay. Take Bradley Chubb to get a sack too. Revenge game. Oh, revenge sack against the Russ who's not moving so good. Hell yeah. 
right. You know, you're right. You're right. Okay. And, 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 and made up prop for that game is uh, when they lose over under the amount of times that Sean Payton throws Russ under the bus in the post game presser. What do you got? If he, if he throws a couple of bad picks or like there's a sack fumble, a Bradley Chubb sack fumble that, that kills them late. I, he, I bet he, I bet he, he does it subtly three times and overtly at least once. I agree. Um, all right. I got for my, for my second NFL pick, um, I'm taking Titans plus three and a half at the Browns. You mentioned this before. Titans look bad week one, but last week they look great. Um, you know, Tanny moved the ball in, in overtime, got them a nice win against the Chargers. Defense looks good. I was banging this drum in the preseason. I looked stupid after week one, but like, I think this is the same team that they've been the past couple of years. Tanny's a real quarterback. He's going to play shitty games, but he can manage the game. They're going to run the football. I didn't even know that they got Kareem Hunt, but that's great. They could use a third down back. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I don't. I don't know how I felt about Derrick Henry being out there. No, no, no. Kareem Hunt signed with the Browns. Uh, oh, he signed back with the Browns. Yeah, sorry for that confusion. That's what made me hesitant because I'm not sure I trust Jerome Ford that much. But Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, I kind of like. I don't know. Ford looked really good, and and. Hunter did not look great when he was like running the ball between the tackles with the Browns. Like, I, I, I don't know. I would have felt good if he was at the third down guy behind Derrick Henry, but if he's going to like get a lot of touches on the Browns, he hasn't looked like a good running back, like a first down, second down running back. I, I don't know. In like five years. You think any of that's psychological, just knowing like no matter how great he played, like he was never going to be the alpha with Chubb. No, I think you're you're I, I like I just I think these guys lose it pretty quick. They take a lot of hits and I think you lost it. Mm, mentioning Kareem Hunt and hits. Poor word choice. Anyway. I, look, Titans are giving points in this game. Watson looks terrible. I feel like every game he throws one, he, he throws a couple balls that, that should have been picked off and, and he's gotten lucky. Um Titans have a real offense. I don't know. I like. I, I think they win this game outright. I'm going to take a money line, um, and I would also. I would absolutely take the under here. I don't even know what the number is, but if it's anything above like 38, I'm going to hammer it. I'll be watching attentively because I'll be at the Titans game the week after, and I need to fully scout the entire team. You need to scout the stadium. See if you can like see where the concessions are and shit. The concessions are going to be. We're in the upper deck. I have to think the only thing they sell is beer, which I'm fine with. Yeah, that'll work. So the um, number here is 39 and a half, and I'm absolutely taking the under on that. This is not going to be an exciting game, but it'll be a quick game. This will be the first game to finish on red zone. Here's one thing I think you have to take into account for the over-under with the Browns the rest of the year, because we learned this the hard way this week with the Steelers-Browns game. You have to account for the fact that Deshaun may score a touchdown for the other team at least once a game. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, by that logic, you're gonna like, you're 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 gonna take the over in the in the Pats Jets game because because both of those guys are gonna do something stupid. No, because those are just two defensive minded head coaches. I just think Deshaun is might be more cooked than Russ. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good one actually. 
open, open the debate. Who's most cooked? I mean, Russ at least is older. Sean is just like. I think it's Russ, but I think it's just because I feel like Deshaun's young and he'll maybe figure it out. Like, I don't understand why Deshaun is cooked. Because it's really hard to take 18 months off being an NFL quarterback and then just come back. Yeah, but that was the explanation last year. He had a whole offseason to figure it out and a couple of he, – he played a lot of weeks last year. What did he play, six weeks? I also don't know if Stefanski helps a ton. I, yeah, I but who are his coaches in, in Houston? Bill O'Brien, a bad GM, but not a bad coach. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's fair. I think I, – I don't know. I think Russ is more cooked, but it's close. I'm going to be betting against Deshaun all year until he – until he does something, because that team, man, they're hard to watch. Not pleasant. All right, what do, you want, what do we want to pick next? We got This is the Lakshmi of the week. All right, this is my funniest Lakshmi of the week ever. Oh boy. Um, have I taken this team yet this year? Maybe I just talked about them. I took them in a parlay last week. Um, I'm going the Duke Blue Devils. Oh minus, boy. Minus twenty one and a half versus UConn. Oh boy. Oh, all right. Bagels and Locks listeners, we've officially lost Chase. Is he back? He's back. Chase, my, we lost you. My apologies. I hit the back button on my computer when I went to go start a new tab. Come um, on, come on. This is this is professional now. We have a sponsor. You can't be doing amateur shit like that. I got like seven tabs open preparing. That's the problem. All right, Duke football obviously took care of business against Clemson week one. Beat Lafayette last two. Last week against a Northwestern team that I, is in shambles, but I still think it's better than UConn. UConn was a great story last year, but so far they've uh, they lost to Georgia State by 21 in week two and FIU by seven last week. So not the UConn team of last year. Duke beat uh, Northwestern 38-14. Uh, I'm a believer in Riley Leonard and Duke. I think they stop this UConn football team. And can't believe I'm saying this out loud. My lock of the week is the Duke Blue Devils football team not basketball, football, minus 21 and a half. I, I know nothing about UConn, so I, I don't know how you know so much about UConn. So yeah, I, I, have, I have no analysis to add other than that's a really big line. And um, Dukes look great. I, you know, I think they're well coached. I think Riley Leonard's a real player. But that's a big line to, to put on, a, on Duke football. For whatever it's worth, last week when I had them in the parlay, um, it looks like I didn't actually take them at all. But they would have covered 21 points, which was the spread. Yeah, but who did they play last week? They, they didn't play a, a real team. They, I think Northwestern's more real than UConn. Are they, though? I mean, you, Northwestern's in the Michigan State camp of, of fade every week. I still think they have a more talented team than UConn. Yeah, no, you're probably right. All right. I, I, I'm not going to bet that. As I said from the outset, it's a hilarious lock of the week. You you're gonna, you made your lock schmear of the week a game you don't even want to watch. That's okay. All right. My lock schmear, I'm going to the NFL. Um, I'm taking Packers minus two at home against the Saints. This doesn't really make sense to me. Packers should have won last week. They dominated the Bears in week one. Love looks legit. Uh, the defense looks good. 
The offense looks solid. I, like, I think this is a good football team who hasn't really taken – they've arguably taken a step forward without Rodgers. Um, you know, they're two years removed from, like, winning 12 games or however they won in Rodgers' MVP season. And a lot of those guys are still there on the defensive side. On the offensive side, they retooled the receiver room a little bit. But I think this is a good football team who should be 2-0 and right now. Um the Falcons are are sneaky. They're going to be in every game, and they're going to they're going to beat people close this year because uh, because they're well coached. They run the football. Um, the Packers got got bit with that last week, but they're at home. I I don't feel like the Saints are like they don't they don't scare me. So this line feels weird to me. It feels like it should have been Packers minus four and a half. So to get them at two. I feel like this is great value. Yeah, I mentioned I like this game in a teaser. I have a couple X factors. One, for the Saints, the offense hasn't looked great. The defense has been spectacular. Jamal Williams is out. Tony Jones is going to be RB1. I'm interested to see how that affects the offense. Um, Alave and Michael Thomas both look great, though, in the air, even when Carr has been shaky. X factors 2A, 2B. Um, Aaron Jones hasn't practiced yet this week. There's no injury update on Christian Watson yet. If those guys play, I like the Packers to win for sure. If not... AJ Dillon was bad this week, last week against the Falcons. The run D did not run offense did not get going at all. Um, so I think those are two X factors for the Packers. And then just a general betting X factor that I feel like it's my obligation to mention. Look up it's a Packers home game, so it doesn't matter. But David Battiari, the all pro left tackle for the Packers, it sounds like maybe sitting out games that are played on turf this season. Come on, for real? That is the prevailing rumor right now. When they asked him about it, he kind of did him with a no comment. So, again, any team without its left tackle, let alone a star one, is is not good. It will not affect them this week. But just food for thought going forward, check the status of the playing surface because there's a world where the left tackle may not play because of it. You were fine. It is a home game. No problem. That's wild. I, I – this is you spread. You're spreading wild rumors, and I don't appreciate that. Well, right and now, I doesn't appreciate that. My good friend Roger Goodell would be very upset that you're spreading un, unfounded nonsense about left tackles and playing surfaces. I mean, that's the rumor. Anyway, I think you skipped the true X factor here, which is Jameis Winston. I mean, if Carr looks bad again and they put Jamison in the second half, anything could happen. He could throw four picks. The Packers could win by 100. Or he could throw four jump ball touchdowns to Mike Thomas out of the grave. And the Saints could look like uh, could look like the Chiefs. He's the X-Factor. You never know with Jamis. Saints are 2-0. and They're not giving up on Derek Carr week three with him out there paying him. But he looks terrible. No, I agree. But they won't give up on him yet. I don't know. Why, why do you keep Jamis there unless you're thinking about it? I look, it's I'm the one clamoring for Jared Stidham. So I get saying you're using this logic on Jared Stidham. I I think it has to. I agree. I I think I I doubt that we see Derek Carr get benched this week, but every week you're betting against the Saints. I'm going to bet against the Saints a lot until Jameis and then all bets are off that I'm just taking Saints overs. All right. Fair enough. All right. So that's the five for this week. Exciting week of college. Should be a fun but kind of weird NFL week. Um, all right. So then the next segment that we always do is the bagel bet. 
We give you the bet for Thursday night. We like to bet on the first drive. So this week, I'm going to kind of combine this with promo sexuals because I think there's a nice little Davy arbitrage opportunity here. I'm going to tell you guys how to how to guaranteed make some money with uh, with some promos, with some bagel bet. So first, the, the backstory on promo sexuals two weeks in a row now. So last week, I gave all you guys the uh, the story about promo sexuals from week one, where like DraftKings was was offering this your bet hits anytime if they go up seven and then they moved it to 10. And then last week, Wednesday, they inexplicably moved it back down to seven, even though they took big losses in week one. Um, and then come Sunday, when I go to bet the game, they take it back up to 10. So it, it feels like what they're doing is they'll, they'll give you this, this seven point promo until the real volume starts to come in on Sunday and then they take it up to 10. So the advice here is you need to hit this promo. You need to bet a big underdog money line, and you need to bet it while it's seven. And the bet will pay out, as a reminder, the bet pays out anytime the team you bet on goes up seven points. So with 10 points, it doesn't feel great when you're betting these underdogs. They usually never go up 10. Um, but you bet a big money line underdog and you hope that they go up, that they go up seven, they score first. So back to the bagel bet, the first drive. Here's what I like. I like Giants first drive punt in the Thursday night game, which is not hard to believe if you've seen how, uh, how the G-men have started the last two games. And then I like the promo on Giants money line. So if the Giants come out on their first drive and they score, if the Niners haven't scored yet, your bet hits, you make a lot of money. And if the Giants come out and punt, you make a lot of money. So as long as our boy DJ doesn't throw a pick or fumble, as long as they don't kick a field goal, you make money. So anyway, that's the arbitrage opportunity here. You get to use a promo. You get to ride with us on the bagel bet. And you absolutely guarantee that you make money on the very first drive of Thursday night football, unless the Niners get the ball first. Yeah, this game tomorrow is just going to be bad. For I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the game. I just want to talk about the guaranteed money arbitrage opportunity that I pre- presented our listeners. Yeah, I like it. All right. So that was the bagel bet and promo sexuals. Bagel bet is brought to you by Bagels and Lock Studios. And promo sexuals brought to you by King Kong Beer Bong. If you're in the market for a beer bong or a koozie, or even better, a koozie that doubles as a beer bong, check out the link in our uh, our Instagram bio and, and go buy yourself a King Kong Beer Bong. Ben Gilman right, may have our first customer. There we go. We're 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 selling beer bongs left and right. It's beer bong season. Everybody wants to be the guy who brings the beer bong to the tailgate. It's true. That's true. true. Um, You want to talk about your PP, Chase? Yeah, so we're going to go with an all-rushing yards prize pick this week. Ooh. Um, Because a lot of the fantasy points are not posted. So one for tomorrow. I like Debo Samuel over 15.5 rushing yards versus the Giants. He had 38 last week. They'll run some bullshit gadget play early. He'll run for 20 yards, and that'll be that. Um, I like Brees Hall over 46.5 yards versus the Patriots. 
This again, the Alexander Madison play when I had this logic last week didn't work, but Brees Hall publicly called out the coaching staff. I think they showed you can't win unless you run the ball. Um, and Dalvin just looks he, like he has no burst. I think they give it to Brees often this game. I like him to go over. I like James Cook over 53 and a half versus Washington. He hasn't been getting the goal line carries necessarily, but through two weeks, he's been the workhorse for the Bills offense. Um, this just feels like a low total for a guy who got, I think, like 20-something touches versus the Raiders last week. Um, same logic goes to Bullets Brian Robinson over 50 and at five and a half versus the Bills. Antonio Gibson's been MIA. Um, he's been the true bell cow. And again, for true bell cows and the Bills D is not so great, 55 and a half seems like a uh, pretty decent number. I like Desmond Ritter over 13 and a half rushing yards versus the Lions. Lions D is what it is. Ritter likes to run around with the rest of that team, and it just seems like a low total. We had 38 last week, and I never, ever ever take unders, but I'm going to give you one under to wrap it up. A little PP and under PP to wrap it up. I heard of Josh Jacobs under 71 and a half rushing yards. He looks every bit like the guy who held out most of the pro season, uh, most of the preseason at one point last week, he had, what was his actual total last week before I speak out of turn? Nine carries for negative two yards. Yikes. I, again, the Steelers D kept them in that. I mean, Deshaun played terrible, but the Steelers D looks pretty good, all things considered. Um, they have a very strong run defense. Uh, and all in all, until Jacobs proves that he's back to being that guy last year, he was last year and is fully stretched out, keep taking the unders. Like this, I, I, I know Jacobs has the pedigree, but that total being so much higher that Brian Roberts and James Cook, guys who have been producing this year, is mind-blowing to me, especially against what I think is a solid Steelers day. Yes, but 70 yards doesn't feel like a lot of yards. I no, agree that the other ones feel light. I agree. It's just at the end of the day, negative two yards last week. And maybe yeah. he bounces back, but negative two is negative two fucking yards no matter how you spin it. The other one I don't love is Debo over 15 or whatever it was. I really don't want to talk about this game because I'm kind of dreading it. Um, but they're going to go up early and they're not going to be thinking, let's uh, let's let Debo run into a bunch of guys. They're going to be like, let's coast here. Might be I'll, a big game for Elijah Mitchell. Update. I'll give you one more over, though, to end on a positive note. Mac Jones over six and a half rushing yards. He's got 15 plus each of the first two weeks. I think there'll be, I think there'll be at least one play where you know Quinn and Williams or someone gets him out of the pocket and he scrambles for seven, eight yards. That's good insight. So he's been he's been at fifteen the last two weeks. Sorry, I'm taking a sip of water. Fifteen plus. That's that feels like a lock, especially because I I don't know that he's going to have a lot of good places to go with the ball. I also am a big fan of Tua. Over three and a half rushing yards just because he can move. And that's just such a low total. That's not a lot of rushing yards. That's one little scramble. It's, I mean, look, these are the crapshoot bets that at the end of the day, sometimes you got to throw into a prize fix and roll the dice a little bit. That's, and that's a, this is a seasoned prize picker. This man knows about PPs and he's telling you got to roll the dice. You got to roll the dice. There you go. Those are my rushing yard plays for the week. Lots to choose from. All right. Chase's PP is brought to you by Chase's personal prize picks code. Chase, give us uh, that code. Yeah, that code. One of these days, someone is going to go for it. 
PR-BX180P7. All right. The last segment is, as always, the bankrupt FanDuel parlay. So this week I got I got a little bit less juice than usual. Apologies in advance, but as always, I'm going to make you a million dollars. You're just going to have to risk an extra two dollars to get there. I don't think that's too much to ask. This is nine fifty to win nine hundred and ninety five thousand three hundred forty one dollars and seventeen cents. And you know it's a good bet because as soon as I bet nine fifty, the cash out is only one dollar. So I got Clemson money line. We spoke about this. Ole Miss money line. We didn't speak about this, but Alabama. Speaking of people that look cooked, they look cooked, and cool. uh, I think this is when their wheels really fall off. I have one concern for this game, and it's that Kiffin called out Nick Saban and his coaching staff, and I just don't ever like to give Nick Saban bulletin board material. Yeah, the 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 world where Lane Kiffin calls out Saban and then they walk out onto the field in Tuscaloosa and and he dominates him, like Kiffin dominates Saban, is a a weird world, and I don't I don't it's not a world that I believe. But that's why this is what get, leads to bankruptcy for companies. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, that's a fair point. I did, I, did, I actually hadn't heard this story. I'll revisit that. But um, Colorado plus seven forty. This is the big juicer in this parlay. And uh, even if you don't take the parlay, I recommend sprinkling a little bit on it because um, because if they do hit it, you can you can tell everybody that like yeah oh yeah I was on Coach Prime. I'm a true Dion believer. Um, I got Utah minus four and a half. Sorry, Chase. Ohio State minus three and a half. Penn State minus 14 and a half at home against Iowa. I've been on Penn State every week and they haven't let me down yet. Uh, Titans plus 140 at the Browns. Packers minus two at home against the Saints. Dolphins minus six and a half. Chase and I are both on that. That's a double bagel. Um, Falcons money line against the Lions at the Lions. Falcons are going to be in every game this season. And uh, whenever you can get a little bit of juice on the money line, I think you should take it. Under in the Patriots-Jets, under 37. Seahawks minus 6 at home against the Panthers. Chiefs minus 12 against the Bears. I think they're going to kick their teeth in. And uh, Bengals minus 2.5 at home against the Rams. I feel great about that one if Burrow plays. Less great about it if he doesn't. But hopefully by then, that's the Monday night game. Hopefully by then, we'll be looking at like a $650,000 cash out. Damn, that would be sick. Better ride. Look, if, if if I cash out for $800,000 I and you don't ride with me, I'm not giving you any of it for the record. Okay. You get no co-host commission. You got to just send that to me because if you think I remember that offhand, you're fucking insane. Yeah, that's um, fair. Um, I have two concluding thoughts for the show. Yeah. Uh, the kicker prop message to you wasn't, it wasn't like a segment thing. It was a reminder for me to say something. Shout out to everybody that took FanDuel for 20 fucking million dollars this week, taking their plus 3,000. It was either 3,000 or 30,000. Obviously, that's a big difference. Prop for a, there to be a field goal for every team in the one o'clock and four o'clock window. It hit and FanDuel lost 20 million dollars on it. That's what I'm talking about, people. That could be us. We could be those guys. Yeah, I saw dumb money tonight, which is all about GameStop. So I'm all in on fuck the man and fuck the system. 
The other thing is, and amazingly, it took me an hour to mention this, but I'd be remiss if I did not. Week one of the fantasy football season, I was on the losing side of an 100-something to 70-something beatdown. This week, against Team Santola, the roles were reversed, and I will just leave it at that. I will not be a douche about it, but I just thought it bared mentioning. Yeah, thanks. Very humble of you. And shout out to the number one player in fantasy football on my team, the Dallas Cowboys defense. <laughs> number one player in New York teams every week. Um, all right. Any concluding thoughts you got? Yom Kippur, football, life, pursuit of happiness. You know, um, my, uh, my time in the, uh, Orthodox sanctuary last week gave me, um, a, a lot of, a lot of time to reflect on, on myself and, and what I want for this new year. And I thought about it a lot. And what I want is to uh, go undefeated for the rest of the year in all of my bets. So um, God is on my side and I feel really good about my five this week, as well as the parlay, my uh, guaranteed lock arbitrage and, uh, and my big game bet. So excited for, uh, for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, My other concluding thought will be the Cowboys D has the Cardinals this week. Let's go. That's all. Just let's go. I'm happy. You got to understand, two weeks ago when we recorded the podcast, or I guess last week, I like had a million different scenarios running in my mind of like how I was going to be punished as the Sacco. I was in DEFCON 5 mode overreaction after week one. Now I can exhale a little bit. It's a long season, buddy. Lots of time to fall off and get punished. I'm already starting to think of stuff for you. Yep, the chest hair is ready to go. Um, week four, big college football slate, weird NFL slate. Everyone enjoy the weekend for those celebrating Yom Kippur and listening, which let's be honest, is probably 95% of you have a safe and healthy fast. Remember to drink water, eat a lot of carbohydrates Sunday night. Um, and honestly, in a crazy piece of advice, I'd say work a little bit Monday. It is much easier to not be hangry when you are distracted. Take it from me. You'll only hate yourself a little bit, not a lot of it until the sundown. And then you can appease your ancestors. Uh, with that said, with Davey Bagels, my name is Chase Minorski. This is the Bagels and Locks podcast. Have a great week.